It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. His death was ruled a suicide. But is there more to the story? If you're captivated by today's episode on sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, be sure to follow the podcast Today in True Crime. There you'll find more of history's most detestable true crime events every day. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Monday, August 10th, 2020. On this day in 2019, financier, pedophile, and sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in his jail cell. The coroner ruled it a suicide, but much of the public and Epstein's lawyers called it a conspiracy. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering the death of 66-year-old Jeffrey Epstein in his New York City jail cell. Now, let's go back to the early hours of August 10, 2019, to the Federal Metropolitan Correctional Center in downtown Manhattan. Outside the prison, the city streets were relatively quiet. It was fairly deserted inside, too. There were only 18 guards watching the 750 inmates, and 10 of those guards were working overtime. Nine South, the special unit holding Jeffrey Epstein, was even quieter than the rest. There were two guards on duty who were meant to be checking on their high-profile captive every 30 minutes. But they were both on overtime, both exhausted, and around 3.30 a.m., they both fell asleep. By the time someone looked in on Epstein at 6.30 a.m., he was on his knees. He had his bedsheet wrapped around his neck and tied to his top bunk. And he was blue. Immediately, the night shift quiet erupted in a flurry of activity. The prison worker staring agog at Epstein's body hit an emergency alarm. Prison radios sounded, blaring out, Body alarm on south. Body alarm on south. Epstein was cut down from the sheet. Prison personnel tried to administer CPR. They yelled, Breathe, Epstein, breathe! But the blue didn't leave his face. By 6.39 a.m., fire officials were notified that Epstein was in cardiac arrest. He was transported to New York Presbyterian Lower Manhattan Hospital, where he was declared dead. It was apparently a suicide. That's what the medical examiner said. And there was some evidence to suggest that Epstein may have been trying to die by suicide in the last weeks of his prison tenure. According to some observers, there may have been markers of depression. 
He stopped bathing or tending to his hair and beard. He even started sleeping on the floor of his cell rather than his bed. Then, on July 23, 2019, he was found nearly unconscious, with marks around his neck. His cellmate, a former New York police officer accused of quadruple homicide, summoned the guards. Epstein was revived. The official explanation, according to the prison, was a suicide attempt, although some guards and inmates whispered that it was a stunt for attention and better living conditions. Epstein reportedly claimed that his cellmate had assaulted him, but the prison explained away the accusation. They believed that Epstein was trying to escape suicide watch. If that was his intent, it didn't work. Suicide watch meant a solitary room, no more cellmate. It meant no clothing aside from a thick smock, lights that could be dimmed but not turned off, and not a single bedsheet. After all, the fabric might be used for self-harm. Not exactly the kind of conditions you'd expect to help with depression-related behaviors. But Epstein was also supposedly meeting with psychologists daily. And six days later, they took him off suicide watch, presumably clearing him of suicidal intent. After that, Epstein resumed his usual prison activities, like hosting long meetings with his seemingly endless roster of lawyers and emptying out the correctional center vending machines. But not for long. Just 12 days after he came off suicide watch, on August 10th, he was dead. After Epstein's death, the leadership at the Metropolitan Correctional Center, or MCC, received an abundance of criticism. The public and the Justice Department wondered why MCC had taken its prized prisoner off of suicide watch after just six days. If Epstein was suicidal, many argued, six days was not an adequate amount of time for psychologists to determine that he wasn't a danger to himself. Critics also pointed out that when Epstein came off suicide watch, he was supposed to have a cellmate. But when his cellmate was transferred out on August 9th, Epstein was left alone. If the prison leadership had behaved just a bit more responsibly, it's possible that Epstein would never have had the chance to kill himself. But not everyone was convinced he did take his own life, including Epstein's lawyers. Coming up, the complicated context surrounding Jeffrey Epstein's death. Now, back to the story. In August of 2019, 66-year-old Jeffrey Epstein was in a jail cell awaiting trial for sex trafficking minors until, on August 10th, he was found hanging in his jail cell, dead. Officially, the death was ruled a suicide, but not everyone was ready to believe that the Metropolitan Correctional Center had let him die thanks to negligence alone. After all, Epstein was the first MCC prisoner whose death was ruled a suicide in 14 years. In fact, Epstein's lawyers, the ones who saw him most, were some of the most adamant champions of the fact that Epstein wasn't suicidal at the time of his death. 
He was in good spirits when they saw him on the day of his death. They also claimed he hadn't even been suicidal the month before, when the prison had investigated the marks around his neck as the result of an apparent suicide attempt. Epstein's lawyers suggested their client's death was a homicide. He didn't hang himself. He was strangled. Skeptics pointed to several strange details, like the fact that sources claimed two cameras outside Epstein's jail cell mysteriously malfunctioned the day of his death. They highlighted how odd it was that both the guards on duty happened to fall asleep and his cellmate happened to be transferred out the night before. That was a lot of convenient coincidences that converged to make Epstein's death possible. But perhaps most importantly of all, it's impossible to talk about Epstein's death without talking about his life, and specifically his crimes, including the powerful people they implicated, or might have implicated had he ever made it to the stand. Epstein stood accused of sex trafficking minors in New York and Florida, but he wasn't just raping these girls himself. Allegedly, he loaned them out to friends, too. Some theorists have even speculated that he made a business of blackmailing powerful people by keeping records of their sexual encounters with underage girls. The men who had connections to Epstein included people like Prince Andrew, younger brother to Prince Charles, and Donald Trump, President of the United States. These men were exactly the kinds of men who might have the power and the money to get a federal inmate killed. In the time since Epstein's death, public skepticism around the official storyline has only gotten stronger. An August 2019 poll found that 42% of U.S. adults thought Epstein was murdered to prevent him from testifying against his powerful associates. By January 2020, that number had risen to over 50%. Even President Trump himself has touted an Epstein conspiracy theory, sharing a tweet that suggests the Clinton family was behind the death. No definitive proof of this or any other murder theory has come to light since August 2019, but some scholars have suggested that that might not matter because what's sustaining the theory is less fact and more the current socio-political climate in the U.S. Eric Oliver, a University of Chicago professor who specializes in conspiracy theories, put it this way. When there's already this kind of profound mistrust of the political system, of political institutions, of the media, any kind of official channel that seeks to overturn this belief that Epstein was murdered is likely to be viewed with suspicion. Perhaps eventually, evidence will come to light that proves the skeptics right. But in the meantime, the effects of Epstein's death have already started to unfurl. All criminal charges against him have been dropped. The investigation into his sex trafficking operation has had to pivot sharply, shifting its focus to his co-conspirators and associates. Today, it's ongoing. Epstein's longtime associate, Ghislaine Maxwell, was arrested on July 2, 2020, after nearly a year in hiding. 
There are already conspiracy theories bubbling over fears that she will suffer the same fate as Epstein and that some kind of tragedy will prevent her from testifying in court and prevent Epstein's many victims from securing justice. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more questionable official stories and compelling alternative possibilities, check out ParCast Original Conspiracy Theories. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 